My name is Josh Henry. I'm uh, the son of Pastor James Edward, uh, and I'll be bringing you the message today. Uh, before I really get into the meat of talking about Thor, God of Thunder, um, I'll read the passage. Um, I chose Genesis 1:26, but I'll only read the first part because that's the real meat of what I'm going to be talking about today. Then God said, let us make humankind in our image according to our likeness. So before I, also before I break into talking about Thor, I'd like to talk a little bit about myself and being grounded in myself. Um, that's the main point that I hope you all will take away from today. Um, in preparation for this, uh, at first, less and less anxiety as the day approached, um, more and more. And then I, um, I made a plan to hang out this weekend with my friends, Daniel, Grant, and Seth. And I realized, oh no, I'm going to be preaching when they're here. <laughs> so um, even more added pressure. But it's more pressure that I put on myself. I know that you all love me regardless of what I say up here, or how terrible it is. Um, or how good it is. Or how good it is. Um, but um, my expectations on myself are always astronomical. And very rarely am I able to actually meet my expectations. So regardless of how good it is or not good it is, I'll, I'll feel terrible regardless. So. Um, <laughs> So, to break into talking about Thor, um, one thing that should be stated first about him is that he is much like me in that he holds himself to a high, a high regard, high expectations that more often than not he's able to cover. Me, not always so much. Um, but in the first Thor movie, we see a man who's prideful, arrogant, and uh, foolish. And due to a series of choices that he made, he ends up getting banished from his home world because he invaded, a, he invaded another planet on the grounds that they invaded his. Um, and rather than listen to his older, wiser, smarter father, he decided, I'm going to go and wreck this planet um, and put them in their place. And because of that decision, he was sent to Earth, Midgard, as he calls it, um, and is stripped of all of his worldly powers and abilities. And he's forced to reconcile why it was he was sent to sent away from his home and his father and called a number of times unworthy of the various powers and possessions he had. Um, on earth, he, he's angry, he's violent initially because he feels like he was just protecting his home and that his father had no right to send him away. 
but as the story develops, we see him see his own worth crumble before his very eyes. Um, he thinks that he is defined by the powers that he had and the abilities that he was given at birth. But in one of the most powerful moments of change that we see in the movie is a conversation he has with Loki, not about how sorry Loki was for not stopping him, but how sorry he was for making the decision to break from his father's will and devastate the lives of many of the frost giants. Um, following Loki leaving, Loki tries to pick up Thor's iconic hammer, Mjolnir, or however you say it. Um, and he's unable to because he is also unworthy. And concluding Loki's trip to Earth, he goes back to Asgard and takes the throne from Odin, who's fallen into the Odin sleep because of an argument they had. Um, and once Loki takes the throne, he ends up sending the uh, destroyer, I believe he's called, which is this massive machine that pretty much was sent to Earth to destroy Earth. And Thor is faced with a, with a tough decision. Does he run? Does he face the conflict? He chooses to face the conflict without any of his worldly powers or abilities or um, very much of help in any, in any regard. He had his friends, he had his four friends, I can't remember their names, they're really hard to pronounce. Um, but um, we see an epic battle take place between the destroyer, him and his friends, and in the middle he gets blasted by this destroyer, pretty much killed. And then uh, we see the hammer come back to him because he proved himself worthy, because he was willing to sacrifice himself to save his friends, his family, Earth. And so he's given back his worldly or his godly abilities, and he he destroys the uh, he destroys the destroyer pretty uh, pretty quickly once he gets his powers back. And then once he once he attains that worthiness again. He goes home and fights Loki, because obviously. Um, and concluding the fight, he, um, they're both dangling off the edge of Asgard because Loki was trying to destroy his home world that he didn't know about until this argument that he and Odin got into. And during this fight, uh, Thor breaks the the Bifrost Bridge, and that's the only means of transportation throughout the, the galaxy from Asgard. Um, and by breaking the Bifrost Bridge, he saved the Frost Giants, the people he was initially attempting to slaughter, or didn't attempt, he, he really did. He decimated it. Different point. Um, but even when they're hanging on of Asgard, for both of their lives, Thor has a hold of Loki. Um, and 
he has a decision whether or not he's going to drop his brother, who was the cause of much destruction, into the dark void of space, or he's going to try and save his brother. He attempts to save his brother, and then Loki decides, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna leave. And he let go of the, the Allfather staff and just plunged into the dark of space. We don't know what happened. But the point of uh, talking at least about the first, the first Thor movie is we see a great amount of change. We see him, what he expects of himself versus what he was meant to become. He expects himself to be the king of Asgard, to rule with an iron fist, um, but that's not always, the, it's not always the correct path. And it takes hardship and um, difficult times to, to really see who you are and who you're meant to become. And we see that through Thor's entire timeline in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, in Avengers, we see, in the first Avengers, we see Thor fighting Loki yet again because Thor's, or Loki's trying to take over the Earth um, through the reality stone, um, but fails because he's a failure. Um, not the point. Um, but once again, he's faced in this battle with Loki of whether or not he's going to end Loki's life, whether he'll take him back to Asgard. All these questions and concerns start mounting. And Thor decides to take Loki back to Asgard to face the proper justice from nearly decimating an entire planet twice. Um, and then they go back to Asgard. We, we see this develop throughout the rest of the Thor movies. He goes back to Asgard and is put in prison for his crimes. It meant, it meant to be imprisonment for the rest of his life. And then in Thor Dark World, he's set free by the Dark Elves who invade Asgard to kill him and all of his people and bring darkness to the entire universe. But um, we see Thor faced with his first obstacle of grief when we see Loki die, um, as well as um, his mother get killed by Malekith, the, the lord of the Dark Elves, or whatever you want to call them. Um, but we see Thor in Dark World go through his first grieving process. But he's not really able to go through the grieving process because immediately following both of their deaths, he's not able to, he's not given the time or the place to really properly grieve for the losses that he sustained. Um, and that's a, that's a constant in Thor's um, story arc through the Marvel Universe. We see a lot of loss, but we see a man who's not able to, he's not given the right to go through the grieving process because he's expected to do these things. 
And I think that one of the most poignant things that anyone can see from Thor is that he, he lives his life according to expectations, not really his own, but the outside expectations. And that's not something that anyone is really meant to do. We're, we're supposed to live to be who we were meant to be. And the challenges we face and the problems that we have help us find who we really are. And we see um, in Thor Ragnarok, we see the utter destruction of Asgard. Ragnarok, the event, was the destruction of Asgard. And he sees the, um, he sees the vision of this happening in Avengers Age of Ultron when Wanda, the Scarlet Witch, um, put him in a trance and he sees this vision of destruction of Asgard. Um, and a couple of important lines that I took away from Ragnarok and then Infinity War, I'll get to Infinity War in a second. Um, Thor says life is about growth and change. Um, he's talking to Loki because Loki was once again trying to betray him. We find out in uh, Thor, no we don't find out in Thor, I think in Thor Ragnarok, that he didn't die. He just uh, sent his dad back to Earth where he was set to die um, in the presence of Loki and Thor. And um, he says, life is about change, um, but you, brother, are constantly staying the same. You'll always be the god of mischief, but you could have been more. And in the beginning of, um, well, the conclusion of the movie, we think that Thor has this culmination of success in protecting his people and his home by um, having uh, a pretty much a humongous beast destroy Asgard because his sister Hela was going to destroy the world and the universe. Um, we think that it's culminated by his success but as the movie concludes with a, a camera panning out and we see Thanos' ship, a Thanos, what a character. I mean, if you wanted to really get into the nitty gritty of Thanos, talk to me after. But um, um, in Infinity War, the first scene we see is the decimation of um, Thor's people. He, Thanos, killed half of his people, which is his thing. Um, um, but through the movie, we see Thor eventually get to this point where he's with uh, Rocket, or as he calls him, Rabbit, and Groot. And there's a conversation that happens between Rocket and um, Thor, where Thor says, I am 1,500 years old. I've killed twice as many en enemies as that, and every one of them would have rather killed me, but none succeeded. I'm only alive because fate wants me alive. Thanos is just the latest in the long line of bastards, and he will be the fate. And he will be the latest to feel my vengeance. Fate wills it so. And then Rocket asks him, "What if you're wrong? 
And he says, if I'm wrong, what more could I lose? That moment is the first moment where we actually get to see Thor admitting that he's gone through these trials and tribulations and these issues that he's just been forced to bury down because he hasn't had the time or the opportunity to really truly grieve and feel the sadness that is a part of that process. And a lot of us know what it's like to mask or hide our own emotions or thoughts about what we've gone through. I know I do that all the time. I've only more recently started opening up and being more honest with myself and with others about how I've truly felt about things in the past and the things that are in the present. And I think that if you're, if you're trying to run away from the pain that you've faced or the pain you've experienced in the past, you're just running towards an incredibly negative end result. You're not going to find any healthy or happy habits. The only thing that it'll make you do is it'll, it'll drive you towards an end result of terrible things and horrible habits. You'll drive people you care away. You'll invite people into your life that don't truly care about you. Um, and in the final movie of The Avengers, I won't spoil very much, but I mean, at this point, I've spoiled a lot for the other Thor movies, but if you haven't seen them at this point, it's not my fault. They've been out for a while. You've had plenty of opportunity to see them. Whether you pulled the trigger or not, that's up to you guys. Um, but in Endgame, we see Thor fall into a deep depression because he feels that he failed the universe by failing to stop Thanos from, from decimating half of the entire universe's population. Um, because he personally felt like it was his responsibility to end Thanos's wicked existence. But we see he failed. But we, we see him start to actually go through and process his grieving. Um, but he lost so many people in such quick succession and was not given an opportunity to truly process those emotions and those feelings and be able to move forward. It's not easy or it's, it's really not even possible to move forward after someone who's close to you has passed. That's a, it's an honest statement. It's, it's really hard. Um, we still, in my family, we still see and feel the effects of not only Pop, but also my mother's father, but also her sister, my, my Aunt Sue. We see, the, we see those losses almost on a, on a regular basis. We're, we're reminded of it all the time. But there's, there's just not, there's not really a healthy way or an easy way to move, well, there is a healthy way. There's not an easy way 
to move past an, a, a tremendous loss that you've experienced in your life. And the point of the message is about being grounded in who you really are, not succumbing to the expectations of others or outside influencers, because the people closest to you know who you really are. Like Daniel Gray and Seth know who I am. My mother, my father, they know who I am. I've told them a tremendous amount of, of things that I think and things that I feel, but that's not always true of everyone. Sometimes you, sometimes you put on a mask to act like somebody else's version of perfect. Well, to be brutally honest, and I don't think anybody actually thinks they're perfect, but if you do, you're wrong, because everyone is imperfectly perfect in their own way. God made you, as my dad would say, God made you as a unique expression of his love. He loves you for you, and everyone who's truly close to you loves you for who you are, no matter what. As, and as my father would also say, and he said it earlier today, yesterday is gone. Tomorrow is yet to come, and we shouldn't honestly worry about the past or the future. All we have is today. We have this moment right now, right here, where we are, because we were put here for a purpose. God made you for a purpose, and it doesn't matter what the outside influencers would have you say or do, because honestly, they, their input means all but nothing. Because if they're truly trying to change you, they don't actually love you. So what I want you all to get from today is live in the moment, breathe, something I've been having to do frequently today because I thought my heart was going to explode. Um, no one's perfect. God made you for who you were meant to be. And the choices you make and the paths you take are what make you what God made you to be. And I want you to contemplate through the week or however long who you really are, and love, as ASP would say, right where you are for who they are. Thank you. There's another in the fire standing next to me. There is another in the water holding back the sea. Should I ever need a reminder how good you've been to me? I'll count the joy come every battle Cause I know that's where you'll be I'll count the joy come every battle Cause I know that's where you'll be I'll count the joy come every battle Cause I know that's where